All right, welcome everyone to a new episode of the Roscoe's Wetsuit Neuro Podcast. I am with a special guest today. We have Daniel Massimino on the show. Uh, Daniel is a suicide survivor, a recovering addict, and the founder and CEO of The Credit Connection, which is an innovative solution provider in credit repair services and business lending in order to help people build the lives they deserve. Working previously for a credit repair agency, Dan saw holes in the framework of the business model that surrounded him, and it lit a fire in him to create a pathway for his vision. That fire is what drove Dan to the credit connection and is what continues to drive him in evolving his organization every day. Dan, welcome to the show. Nice to be here. So it sounds like you know, you've had a very, very interesting kind of long uh, journey that's been full of, of sort of obstacles in the way that, that, you've, that you've continually overcome. Can you tell me a little about just you know, your, your story and, and just how, how all this started? Yeah, so um, I mean, I'm just a, just a normal kid growing up in uh, South Hills of Pittsburgh. And um, you know, growing up, I had like well, some strong role models, I guess, that sort of um, made me aspire to, uh, you know, do, do more than, with my life than just, um, you know, go to school, go to college, get a good job, have a family and things like that. Um, and so, um, growing up, I had a pretty good childhood. I mean, my parents, um, you know, both working class parents, um, you know, they did everything that, uh, they could to take care of me and they, they brought me pretty much, you know, everything I needed. Um, and then when I was around 12, I think it was around 12, somewhere around that age, my dad got disabled and that caused a lot of, um, like chaos in my family because, you know get disabled, you can't work anymore. So then finance, like money becomes an issue. And so um, I saw for like the past, you know, the first 12 years of my life, like how hard my dad worked to take care of me, you know, and um, he would work 80, 100 hour weeks, um, you know, to, to, to get me like a dirt bike um, or, you know, clothes, whatever I needed to, to like be happy, you know. Um, and then he got disabled and, you know, um, he was he wasn't able to do that anymore and so i felt this really strong um responsibility to like take care of myself so when i was 16 the first thing i did was i got a job um well in the summer i got a job um working for my brother-in-law just as a laborer for his commercial plumbing company and then i had another job um working at a pizza shop and so i was i was working like 60 80 hours a week so that i didn't have to ask my dad or mom for like lunch money or um, really anything because I felt, I felt, it felt wrong to me, you know, cause um, I could see how much pain my dad was in and um, I wanted to you know, do, do something about that. And so that kind of like lit a fire in my belly um, to start looking for ways and opportunities to, you know, make a, make a living at a young age. And, um, I also read two books during that same period of time that really had an impact on me, which were um, The Magic of Thinking Big and the Steve Jobs autobiography uh, by Walter Isaacson was just like 800 pages. And I read that in like three days. And um, 
and I just, I became amazed with like, you know, Steve Jobs life and the things that he did. And, um, and then also the magic of thinking big, like, you know, thinking beyond what, you know, is normal. And so, um, I started my first business, which, which is fixing iPhones. And so up until this point in my life, things are still going pretty good. Um, like, I mean, I'm just, I'm a 16 year old kid. I'm making decent money. Um, you know, cause I have two jobs and then I'm, I started my iPhone business, which I never had a problem having money to do or buy whatever I wanted. And, um, so that went well. Um, but there was like this deep seated sort of, um, I don't want to, I, I would call it anger almost and, um, sadness from like losing my dad. Well, I didn't lose him, but I lost him to being disabled. And, you know, he, went down a bad path of alcohol and, um, you know, prescription medications for his pain. And so it was like, I lost my dad, but he was still alive. And so that really bothered me. Um, so that's like the beginning of my story. And, um, so, you know, I go on, I'm, I go through high school, not really having any problems. I start, I start drinking, you know, like every kid, I think, um, probably around like the age of like 16. Um, and what was odd is like, as I reflect on this, like, I didn't realize it at the time, but I, I, I had a definitely had a drinking problem at a young age because like when I would drink, um, you know, I would drink a lot. And I think now looking back that it was because like, that was some sort of escape from like the pain that I felt, you know, it wasn't like I was a sad kid. I, I didn't feel depressed. Um, like consciously I had friends. I, you know, I, I did things, um, but I felt this really deep seated, like uh, sadness from that. And not really many people would understand, um, at least the people I was, I would talk to, you know, like my family and things. And um, anyway, so I go through high school, you know, I start um, smoking weed. You know, I'm, I'm, I was in the gifted program. So like school was pretty easy for me. So I didn't, my grades didn't really ever slip. I mean, I just was like average, maybe a little bit above average grade wise, but I mean, I would, um, I didn't really study or anything like that. I was more focused on uh, my business and um, because I saw that as a way out and in some, for some reason in my brain, um, I, I thought to myself, if, if my dad dies and I don't do everything I can to take care of him while he's alive, I'll have to live with that for the rest of my life. And so I pushed myself really, really super hard. I mean, um, like I would wake up at four 30, go to the gym, um, before school, I'd go to school, go work at my job at the pizza shop. Um, then I'd go to the gym again and then I'd come home and I'd work on my electronics business. I'd ship my eBay orders. Um, and uh, like deal with customer service. So I'd go to bed at like two and then wake up at four. So by the time I'm like a, a junior or senior in high school, I mean, I'm really not present. I, when I come to school, I'm sleeping all day. And um, my, I think my teacher sensed that, like um, I, I, that I just, I didn't care, you know? And uh, it wasn't like I was a bad, like I wasn't bad in school. I just didn't care to apply myself. And your focus really came was down elsewhere. To, yeah, yeah, I mean, like in, it occurred to me one day, like, I'm sitting in like math class or something and I sleep the whole class. I wake up and I, I look at my eBay account and I just made more money. It wasn't like an amazing amount of money. It was like maybe $400 or like $800 like profit literally while I'm sleeping. And I'm thinking to myself, what well, I just made more money than this teacher that's supposed to be teaching me how to get a job so I can make money. And, um, so it just didn't make sense to me. And, um, by the time I was a senior, I mean, 
Um, so also, I guess I missed the key part. When I was like 16 or so is when I first discovered like different types of pills, particularly amphetamines. So like, you know, like Concerta, Adderall and things like that. And that kind of helped me at the time, like push myself to work that much and not sleep that much and things like that. And um, <clears throat> I never really ever told anybody about that. Um, but I mean, yeah, like I would, I would walk into school, I would drink a Red Bull and I'd pop a pill. And um, I did that for a, a, like a long time. And um, so anyways, I graduated high school um, with honors somehow. And, um, and I go to college. I didn't want to go to college because I hated school, but my, uh, my mom wanted me to go to college. And so I figured, what the heck, I'll give it a shot. So I go to Duquesne University, um, which is in Pittsburgh. And uh, I go for finance because I'm interested in money. And um, I think I was there for like six months before I really started to slack off. So like I technically was in at Duquesne for two semesters, but my second semester, I didn't really go to class or anything um, because my business was flourishing. So I'm still working at the pizza shop. I'm still doing drugs. I'm still, um, you know, I'm still drinking. Um, and my business is doing great. And so I drop out of college. I quit my pizza shop job. And, um, up until that point, I really still didn't experience any sort of, um, like major depression or I didn't even know what anxiety was. Um, none of these things, like my life was pretty good. Um, and then, uh, what happened next? So at that point I still have like my, my business, but it's not really like a business. I mean, it's just me making money. I don't have any employees or anything. So I end up going into business. I get a business partner. We start a real business. You know, we get an office, we hire employees, things are going well. Um, so things are going well up until the point I'm about 21. And again, I still have this, this subconscious, um, issue with my, 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 my dad and things, but I'm not really recognizing it. And, um, so to me, my life seems good, but then when I'm 21, um, some, some things started to happen. Um, I started to pick up other types of pills to, um, you know, feel some different type of way. Um, my anger is starting to get really bad and, um, my business collapsed. I mean, I, I ended up filing bankruptcy when I was like 21. And, um, you know, I have a, I have a nice brand new three series. I have a brand new, uh, Yamaha R1 motorcycle. I love motorcycles. I have a great girlfriend. My home life's good. Like everything's going good. And in a period of like three months, our business just collapsed. And, uh, so I remember being 21 and I'm just, that's the first time I ever went into like a deep, deep depression. And, uh, that's the first time I felt anxiety. Um, what was it to to interrupt the story real quick? What was it like, you know, because obviously there, there's other, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in your life, you know, at an early point. But what was it like to to start making? I mean, that that the kind of money that you were, I was reading. So so with the whole uh, whole wholesale electronic sales, you managed to make over ten million dollars in revenue. Was that where you you were making? When when did it start getting to be that? amount of money so um towards the end of before our business collapsed i mean our best month was like seven hundred thousand in revenue um and you were how old when this was happening 20 21 so 20 what, 20 yeah so so you're you're a you're a kid you're you're sort of realizing that 
I mean, even in high school, you're realizing that you're making more money than your teachers. You go to college, you realize, you know, college is supposed to be teaching you how to, you know, get a better job than if you weren't to go to college, right? And to, to make better money, but you're already making this, this kind of money. What was that? Like, what did that do to your head at that point? Like, like, did you, did you, like, did you start feeling successful or was it, were there still many, still so many like external uh, or internal rather things that were going on in your life that, that, that sort of uh, were problems? Um, I remember distinctly, like when I, sometime around the age, I was like 20 and um, I was at my office and we were like working late. And uh, I remember like, uh, I remember thinking to myself, like, wow, this is awesome. Like I enjoy what I do and it's really fun. And um, that was really cool. Um, as far as like internal things, I would say towards the end, I felt an extreme amount of like pressure because I'm managing, um, our business was really cash intensive. So I'm managing like between 200 to half a million dollars in cash that we're buying electronics with. And uh, that was, and, and a lot of it was other people's money. So that was a lot of stress uh, for me, for sure. And um, other than that, I mean, I didn't really have too many major issues like I was kind of free I didn't I didn't feel successful I just felt like whole to put it the best way like I just felt fine I felt like I was doing what I wanted like what I wanted to do I had freedom and um I just enjoyed the majority of my life at that point in time right so so continuing on in the narrative so okay so you, you drop out of college at this point you're you're going full-time with the business you have the business partner you guys get an office and employees then, then what happens next? Um, so we, in my, in retrospect, I think we, we tried to grow too quickly. Um, definitely. That was definitely what happened next. But I mean, we just continued to uh, expand like our business, getting new clients all over the world. So we didn't sell like, we, we initially started by selling, um, iPhones directly to consumers on e-commerce. So particularly Amazon and eBay. And so um, that's great and all, but dealing directly with the consumer is extremely frustrating because like um, they're very picky. And also Amazon and Amazon in particular is very strict about like um, their metrics. And so like, you know, you could have maybe one too many returns and that's enough for Amazon to say like you're suspended. And um, so I remember Amazon held, it was like a hundred thousand dollars from us for like 90 days because they suspended our account uh, because our order defect rate was like 0.5% above their threshold. And um, so that happened. And uh, I mean, that's a lot of money they're holding it. And our whole entire business is based around how fast we can turn inventory and inventory is essentially cash. So when someone is holding cash, they're holding our business back from making more money. And um, so that's when I started to think, well, maybe I should figure out how to sell a lot of electronics in one at one time. So that's when I started to look for other businesses that would be interested in buying um what we were selling and, and ma mainly we sold iphones like 95 percent of our business was just iphones um so 
I start to find other, uh, you know, wholesalers and retailers and e-commerce people in the United States and then also all over the world. So we had clients in Dubai, Hong Kong, France, Mexico, Canada, Spain, um, China. I think those were the main ones. But um, so we're selling product all over the world. And um, it was a lot easier that way because we're able to sell instead of uh, a $200 phone one time, we sell $100,000 worth of phones to one person. So our margins were slimmer, but it was a lot easier to turn through inventory. In retrospect, that was all a mistake because I think it would have been, again, I think we grew too quickly. So um, anyways, we fast forward, it's like um, March, 2020, roughly, or sorry, not 2020, 2016. And um, I mean, our expenses are just out of control um way too high and um we took some lots there's a lot of fraud and a lot of like scams i guess in um, the electronics industry particularly the used electronics industry and we took our fair share of those and so between those two things our our expenses being way too high um and not doing enough due diligence we lost a decent bit of money and uh so we just decided to call it quits, essentially. I, I mean, I didn't really call it quits, but with that particular business model. So I, I did stay in the electronics industry for another two two years or so um, before I transitioned to what I'm doing now. When uh, when did you really start, you know, because it sounds like, you know, you 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 were saying like you didn't even realize, uh, you know, at the time that, that you were dealing with like a lot of anxiety. Um, when did you start uh, sort of start really paying attention to, to this whole uh, uh, realm of mental health? Uh, it was around um, either June, June of 2015 or June of 2016, right after I filed bankruptcy um, is when I first felt the pressure. I mean, I was really, I mean, I slept all day. I was really depressed. I mean, um, and when I realized like I have bills to pay and I have no money coming in, um when i realized i have this problem but i don't want to tell anybody about it because i feel embarrassed and, and shame and um afraid of what people will think and i'm afraid of judgment and um and i felt defeated you know i mean my ever since i read that those books uh you know i set out on a mission right and i'm living i'm living the dream of my mission and it's all coming to fruition and it just crashed so very quickly and um, so, yeah, it was right around the age of like 21 is when I first, I mean, I never even knew what anxiety was before that. I never knew what depression was. I mean, it just hit me. But the thing is, is for me, like I was also doing a lot of drugs and I was drinking a lot, you know? So um, it was a combination of those things and not being aware of my own, of my feelings and my emotions and how to process them without substances that really led to like that level of severe depression and anxiety. So what was, what were kind of the first steps as far as uh, you sort of realized that, you know, you, you, you acknowledged that there was, there were these problems going on. How did you, how did you start kind of working on them? Great question. Um, so I've had, I've had, I think three, three major like depression periods of depression and anxiety in my life. And every time it's the exact same process. Um, so the first thing is I, I, I start doing something. Uh, that's literally the first thing. I stop sleeping all day. I stop um, 
making excuses. I stop feeling bad for myself and I start to do something and it doesn't matter what it is. It could be start just my most recent um, episode was uh, about 16 months ago, right before I decided to get clean and sober. And um, the first thing I started doing was uh, I got a job at a, a restaurant. Um, the, but back in 2016, the first thing I started doing was um, I started to realize that as much as my life sucked, like I had to move home, um, I still had some assets. I still had some things that were good about me and some things that I could use to um, start over. And mainly those things were my, my network and my connections, right? And so I didn't have any money, but I had, I, I had customers that wanted electronics and I had suppliers that had electronics to sell. Um, and so that's how I started. I just started um, basically brokering electronics. I also realized uh, maybe I could just start, like start from the beginning, right? So in the beginning, I just bought phones off of people on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace and friends and family, and I resold them on eBay. Um, and I fixed phones. So I started there. I started the same exact way that I started uh, the first time. And uh, within, I mean, a, a month or two, I mean, I'm making a couple thousand dollars a month and I'm still sleeping till two o'clock. I'm working like three hours a day, but I'm, I'm getting by, you know? And once I started to see that progress and I start to actually do something, like take action rather than playing victim, my life started to get better. And um, Probably by, I mean, October, November, I mean, um, within that period of time, we had started out in June, just waking up at two, hopping on my motorcycle and going to buy one phone. Uh, me and a, a couple of friends of mine that are colleagues, whatever you want to call them, that I used to do business with, we ended up moving like over two or $3 million worth of product in a very short period of time. Um, so now I have some money, right? Um, I don't have a lot of money because we were, I mean, we were brokering it. So our percentage is very small, but I have some money. I'm comfortable. I'm still living at my parents and my, I have my desk set up in my parents' little garage. And, uh, but I had this like chip on my shoulder, right? Because I failed and I didn't mention this, but I was in business with a family member. And um, so I had this, this chip on my shoulder that I wanted to prove him or them wrong that I could do it by myself. and. Um, so again, I, I tried to build my business too quickly. So I got an office, I hired some employees, things are going good. I actually started a digital marketing company. Um, so we're, we're, we're building websites, we're, we're doing uh, like creative, you know, photos and social media and things like that for businesses in Pittsburgh. Um, and I'm still flipping, I'm still using my, my phone money to kind of fund everything else. And um, then I faced another problem. So and like, this was probably March of 2017 or 20, it doesn't matter. It's like the year after that. So 2017, 2016, um, at this point, I'm still living at home. And, uh, my, my father became extremely violent, um, and extremely, uh, suicidal. He's doing a lot of drugs and, um, and alcohol and just, a, a monster of a person. And, um, it really, it really fucked me up to be honest. And so I, I felt like I had to stay because I had to, I wanted to protect my mom. Um, and in order to kind of deal with that pain, I, I started doing a lot of drugs again. And, um, cause I didn't want to feel, I didn't want to feel that, you know, 
And so when, when those things combine, um, you know, obviously I can't manage my business. I can't manage my life, you know? And uh, so basically everything folded again, except this time, not as bad. I still had some money and I didn't stay down quite as long because I already had experience going through this, but um, yeah. So I ended up, you know, moving out of my parents' house really quick and sleeping at my office for 10 days. And then I get this real fancy apartment and get like the nicest TVs because I want to feel good, you know, nice couch, all these things. I want to feel good inside because I can't deal with all this pain. And um, <clears throat> and then I ended up moving real quick from there uh, to a duplex with a, a cousin of mine. And, and life actually got decent again. I mean, it wasn't great. I'm still doing drugs. I'm still, I'm actually not drinking at this point because my ex-girlfriend didn't like that. And I was fine with that. My, I'm still doing the electronics thing things are all right. You know, um, I'm still all fucked up inside, but things are all right. During this period of time too, I also did start seeing a psychiatrist, but the problem was, and so they're, and they're also, um, prescribing me medication. Um, and I'm not here to say whether or not anybody should take medication or whether or not medication is good or bad. Like that's for everybody else to decide. But, um, I never told him that I did drugs. You know, I never, I never, I never brought that up. I never brought up, you know, the fact that I have this problem with, if I drink alcohol, I drink a lot of alcohol. Um, so there's a big part of the story missing. And so they're prescribing me these drugs for anxiety and, you know, depression and all the, and then from there, it just skyrockets out of control. Like you get one side effect and another, and then all of a sudden I'm on six medications by the time I'm, by the time it's 2018. Um, it's just insane. And, um, <clears throat> So something happens in like around we're in 2018 now. We're up to 2018 and I just come to this point in my life where I'm like, I'm done with the electronics business. Like it's just not for me and I'm going to have to get a job. And for a entrepreneur getting a job is like the worst thing ever. It's failure. It's terrible. It's defeat. Right. So I started looking for, um, I started looking for jobs on indeed. Now keep in mind, I'm a college dropout and my business failed and my ego and confidence is destroyed. So, I'm not very good at going on job interviews. Um, I feel really uncomfortable. I have a bunch of anxiety, you know, especially social anxiety. Um, and uh, so couldn't find a really good job. I ended up getting this random, this random uh, email to apply for this job as a commissioned salesperson for a credit repair company. Work from home, make over 100K a year, you know, selling these services. And I'm like, I have nothing to lose. I'm back at my parents' house. I'm working in my, my office is back in the basement. I might as well just give it a shot. Right. And so, um, by you know, my first month, I make like a thousand bucks in commission. Second month, 4,000, third month, 10,000, fourth month, 15,000, fifth month, I made 21 grand in a month just as a salesperson. Right. So for all extensive purposes on the exterior, my life's great again. I'm still driving a BMW. I have fancy clothes. Um, I have money to do whatever I feel like doing, but I still have some problems. I still have a problem with alcohol. I still abuse drugs. Um, and I still feel like a zombie inside, right? Um, I still feel terrible. It doesn't matter what, how much success I find. And um, so that kind of... Uh, it kind of just occurred to me, like, what's the point? You know, like I can't keep, I can't keep doing this, you know, something's not working. And, uh, so right around that time, I, I, on new year's, I, I got in a really bad fight with my father. I almost killed him. And, uh, 
then about two months later, I got in a pretty other a violent altercation, right? And um, so I'm fucked up again, uh, you know? And um, it was right around that time that I also started my own thing because the company that I was selling stuff for didn't care about their customers. And um, so at that point in time, uh, I ended up moving out of my parents' house. I got a nice apartment. Um, but I also decided that I'm done taking these, these damn psych meds. Like I'm done. I can't do it anymore. They're not working. It hadn't worked since the first, very first day that I took a, a, a medication for anxiety, never worked. And it just was a spiral out of control. And, um, so I quit, I quit everything. I mean, six different medications, uh, one of which being benzodiazepines, which, you know, if you quit those, you can die. Um, and uh yeah so that's a lot do you have any i I feel like i'm talking a lot i I don't know no no i mean it it i definitely is taking a full picture uh what i wanted to ask you you know when you when you look back at all these things that you've been through and everything that you you've sort of overcome do you do you sort of see it as like like do you do you think that you would have kind of had the motivation to succeed as bad as you wanted to if it weren't for, I mean, starting with, I guess, you know, your father's illness and then just everything else that, that has, you know, had transpired in your life. It seems like, you know, you, even though I guess you did experience the, you know, these periods of depression, but you were also just working your ass off. Do you, when you look back, do you sort of like, how do you feel about that? Do you, do you sort of, are you in any way like grateful for the, the obstacles that you'd have, that you've had to overcome or, um that's a really good question i've uh i never thought too much about it i know that my i mean my work ethic and like um like my uh i guess the trade of just never fucking giving up i mean that comes from my parents i mean when i was so growing up like my dad he was just a um like an operator on a for the railroad a railroad company that did all the like pavement on railroads but he was like the supervisor so when i was younger like my parents didn't have a lot of money um so in the summertime like if my dad couldn't find a babysitter i would just ride along in the truck with him right and so i saw the way that he led all these guys and then um even my mom like my mom was a supervisor at a a hospital um in my area and she, she was a boss like she you know and so i saw this and then like even for instance, my brother-in-law, you know, he had his own plumbing company and he was a boss. So I saw these things and I'm like, I want to be a boss, like just subconsciously, I want to be my own boss. And, um, I also saw the work ethic that my parents had. I mean, my mom to this day still has a, she still works harder than me. She never calls off. She doesn't call sick. I mean, she works really hard. And, um, same with my dad. I mean, my dad's disabled now, but I mean, he's still, he still does like little side jobs. He still gets up and works every day. And that's just his favorite thing to do. Um, and both of them have this strong quality that's they love to help people. Um, and so I think the combination of those things kind of lead me to like the way that I think. But um, as far as all the stuff that I went through, I mean, I think if I gave up now, I would, I would, uh, I would have went through a lot of pain for nothing. So that's the way I look at it. Um, 
do I, am I grateful for the things that I went through? Mm, I don't know about that. I don't think I'm grateful. Um, I think, I, I think everybody goes through trials and tribulations in life. And I'm, for me, I'm glad that I, well, hopefully got a majority of them out of the way early because it's helped me to, um, it's helped me to grow as a person really fast. And it's also given me a friend perspective on life that I don't think many people will get the chance to have. And so through that, it allows me to, um, to, to, to strive for greatness, essentially. Tell me, tell me what you got out of your, you're mentioning before the reading the Steve Jobs autobiography that you found that really impactful. And Steve Jobs is someone, I mean, I've always sort of been very interested in and inspired by his story. So I, I want to hear, you know, I'm curious, what, what did you get out of that? And, and why was it such a, a transformative book when you read it? Great question. Um, when it came to Steve Jobs, I thought it was, I mean, he's just an interesting person. Um, and the way that he looks at the, looked at the world when he was alive was very interesting. And he found success from an extremely pretty young age and grew up a company that affects a lot of people's lives. Um, and so I found all of that interesting. Like, um, I found it interesting that, you know, he could have this, this high school or this college dropout who's a hippie who went to India um, on like a spiritual quest um, to, to build one of the greatest companies that's ever existed. And one of the other things I found interesting about Steve Jobs was his ability to, um, to know what people wanted before they knew they wanted it and to have the, the courage to bring that to the marketplace. Found that very interesting. Um, it was all interesting at the time because, I mean, I grew up, like literally the place I grew up, I mean, it's a working class town. Um, you know, the nine to five grind, middle class, and to read a, a, a story about a, a, a man that had such success, I mean, it was pretty eye-opening. Like they didn't teach us that in school. They didn't talk about it, you know. Um, like that wasn't a possibility that I thought was possible. Um, so it just kind of opened my mind. Right, right, right. So, Daniel, as far as like going forward, you know, you mentioned something about your your mom and dad as far as the, their their big drive to sort of help people. And I'm wondering, you know, with with just you, you know, kind of sharing your story, you know, being on on podcasts like this, is this sort of your way? Do you feel like that that you that your uh, that your story that sharing it is? Well, I guess first off. It, I would assume it's probably therapeutic just to kind of, you know, share this stuff, but also do you feel like it, it sort of inspires people or, or maybe gives people like a, a sort of message of like, Oh, you know, I thought I was the only one that dealt with, you know, substance abuse or mental health or, you know, family illness. Like how, how do you how, like, like, why are you doing what you're, you're doing now? Um, there's a few reasons. One, I want to get better at public speaking. And uh, the only way to get better at public speaking is to speak in public. Um, two, in order for me to have any sort of influence in the world, whether that be through for business or for my personal endeavors, um, people have to know who I am. They have to know what I'm about. They have to hopefully like me and they have to trust me, right? And so I think that part of you know building that 
that level of trust and hopefully people, you know, some people will like me, maybe they won't. Um, is you have to be extremely honest. You have to be extremely honest um, about your life. And there's a good quote, it's not a quote, but in um, 12 step literature, whether it's AA or NA, um, it says we can only keep what we have by giving it away. And so that's, there's also a, a, a phrase in the Bible. I'm not exactly the most religious guy, but I'm open-minded to different ideas. And um, it's a passage, I think it's Luke 18, 22. And um, it's like a little story about these very rich men who God tells that, you know, in order to get into heaven, they have to basically give away everything. And um, they're very perplexed with that, right? Because they're rich, they don't want to give away everything. Um, and so uh, what I'm getting at essentially is I think that part of the process of me sort of getting my life back, I mean, eight, less than 18 months ago, I literally held tied a, a, a rope around my neck and I wanted to die, right? And so today I don't feel that way. In fact, my life's really great. I feel pretty happy most of the time. I mean, sometimes it's dark out, but um, I mean, I feel really good and I'm not using drugs and I'm not using alcohol to deal with any of that. And um, so that's a gift. I mean, I would never imagine that my life would be the way it is today, 12, 12 or 18 months ago. I would have thought you were crazy if you said that was possible. And so there is the part of me that, yes, I want to show people i want people to know that hey you're not alone that hey um you're you're not um you're not weird you're not different um and to show people what's possible right i think most people i think most people live a life that they're not very happy with whether or not they have mental illness or whether or not um you know they're a construction worker or a, a financial professional I think most people never um, achieve any a level of fulfillment that they're happy with. And I think that most people accept it. I think they accept that this is the way their life is. Um, and so I wanna just share the, what's possible for people's lives. Because for me, when, I, when seeing what's possible gives me hope, you know? And when I have hope, I have, the, um, I have something to help me move forward and, and through whatever it is that I'm going through. Well said. Love it. Well, Daniel, we're, uh, we're coming up onto the end of the show, but if, uh, if people want to find out more about you and your work, your, your business, where would you direct them to? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at dan.pgh. Sweet. Um, and for those of you who enjoyed the show today, go ahead and like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're Roscoe's Wetsuit. Uh, you can also find audio versions of the podcast available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else you can find audio podcasts. Also, all this stuff is at roscoeswetsuitpodcast.com. Daniel, I really enjoyed having you on the show today. Thank you so much, man, for, for coming on and sharing your really honest, vulnerable story. You know, I, I really do appreciate it. Not a problem. Absolutely.